0: Hello and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and tonight I'll be hosting. I'm joined by three panellists. I've got Ed, Ben and Fiorenzo with me. Hi guys. Hello. Hi Hi everyone. Okay, so tonight we've got quite a jam-packed agenda. So we've got, we're going to look at yesterday's match against Toulouse and we're going to preview next weekend's final game of the season against Montpellier. And we've also got quite a lot of really big news stories as well to get through. And finally, because today is the fifteenth anniversary of the nineteen oh, sorry, the two thousand and four UEFA Cup final defeat to Valencia. We're gonna also look back to that UEFA Cup run and final. Okay, so I think we'll just start with the, the first item which was yesterday's match. Um Marseille were away to, to lose and we came away with a five-two victory. Um how did you find the game, guys?
1: But, but, quite good. <laughs> I know it's, um, it's, it goes against the theme of the last few weeks, but um look, um, it has to be said, I think we, we started off the same old, um, took, took a bit of time to get into the game. I think we, we, we had a few chances, I mean, well, not clear-cut chances, but a few chances for your campus and, and Thauvin, who looked quite lively yesterday, um, it has to be said. Uh, we, we didn't take them. We conceded a bit of a, a sloppy goal, and I fucking hate to say it was Leo Ezeka, who was absolutely awful for us when he played for us, and, and he seems to have found some sort of format to lose. But I think we, we played pretty well. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, from what I watched, uh, yeah, it was a good performance, but it's too little too late. Where were these performances a few weeks ago where we needed them? Oh great to lose a safe. Oh great, we're not gonna get anything. Let's just play really good football. I mean, yeah, it was good to score a few goals for the public who turned up and travelled the long ass journey to lose, but really? You leave it this late? Fuck off. Yeah,
0: what about you, Fiorenzo? How did you find the game yesterday?
3: Uh I think we made a we, we played a good match for once, but yeah, like you said, it's too late. We gotta do that before in the season. So uh, I, I got something to say. It's about Toulouse. They're they are really really bad. That's why we made a good game. So their name is yeah, Toulouse, yeah. you know. So,
1: well, oh no, I was going to say I don't, yeah yeah. I was quite positive. We did play well, but Toulouse were, were just awful. They they gave us ridiculous amounts of space. Um, Sakai, who played really well again, um, yeah. had had just acres of space on his right wing and Tovan as well. So the fact that we we were actually for a change, this was a game where Garcia could actually play to his the little strengths that he does have, which is get the ball out onto the wing, to the full-back or the winger, and, and hope for them to put a cross in or create, cut inside and take a shot. And Toulouse's left side was so weak that Tovan and Sakai were, were able to exploit that quite well. It has to be said they both did well. But um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, Toulouse are Toulouse. They, they, they're not great. And They are a side we should be beating anyway, regardless of the context.
3: Yeah, but Payet made a good match and Tovin finally made a good match. So why did they make a good match uh, yesterday, but not uh, sooner in the season? I don't know why. It's like we have nothing to play anymore. But, yeah, they play well now. I don't understand. And about Tovin, he didn't score for... I think he scored one or two goals in the in the second part of the season. So, yeah, everybody's saying, oh, my God, Tovin made a good match. Yeah, but the second part of the season he made was really awful, I guess.
1: Yeah, Payet played uh, played decently, but he, he didn't create much. Um, the, the main thing I remember from Payet from the game was these goddamn stupid combinations that they try to do with tavan corners. And it's oh, like, yeah. well, stop doing this. You, you know, it's, it's the oldest rule in the book. If you pass it back to the, the corner taker, it's going to be offside, obviously. I so
3: love it, so
1: hard. It, it's, it's, it's just embarrassing. But yeah, Payet was, yeah. you can tell that we play differently when Payet is on the pitch because players are always looking for him to give him the ball and for him to create. So it, it does add a better flow to our game. And it, it does it does make our game a bit smoother but he's, yeah, he's just, he's had a completely off season. He's been, he's been awful this season. I hate to piss, on, I hate, I
2: hate to piss on everyone's bonfire, but we still conceded the two goals. And they were pretty terrible goals to concede. Yeah. What was Mondon Mondo was lying down like I do after a few pints of wine in bed, just slopping all over the place in the goal mouth. Get up, man, you're 34, not 104. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Is he, is he 34 years old or 34 stone? <laughs>
3: He's falling like a blue whale.
0: It was pretty painful watching, wasn't it? The the second to lose goal um, and seeing how slow Mondanda came to the got to the ground. You know, it's
1: just really, really bad to watch. I felt like just so embarrassed. Yeah, he's uh, he's, yeah. he's past it. He's past it, and, and I, well, we all know that sadly. He is. He has apparently been confirmed as the number one next season again. With with a, young, a younger goalkeeper coming in again, we don't know who that may be. But it's, you know, it just seems like we we've, Marseille have a habit of doing this of, of giving supposed club legends, you know, keeping them on the payroll and giving them a a golden handshake and a golden retirement and and a goodbye phase. And it's. You know, I hate to say i'll I will never disrespect him i will make fun of him, but I will never disrespect his contribution to our club over the years and he is our most capped player, and he's part of our history and and he and he has if we if we take it all overall for getting the last few well, the last few months, he has certainly won us and saved us more times than he's let us down, but it, he's just on the downward trend and and that downward spiral. there's no getting out of that now because of age because of his physical capacity. It, it is the end for him. It is the end, and I don't blame him for for staying at the club. But I, I I just hope that maybe whoever the next manager in is says to him, "Look, mate, you're going to be number two, and you're gonna you're gonna you know have yeah. to be in charge of transmitting the the experience and the pressure of playing for this big club and its fans to the new the new youngster." That, but you are going to have very limited game time, and if that if that doesn't happen, and we keep him as number one. We're in for more disappointment next
3: season. Yeah, it reminds me of Casillas in Real Madrid, if you remember well, at the, the last season he was exactly. whistled at the stadium, and I was like, "Oh my god, how can they whistle a player like that?" But now, now I understand it, why they did it.
0: Yeah, I'm um, actually I was just thinking about him um, the other day because when we were talking about Mondanda last week and about we were disagreeing about. The fact that he, you know, that a goalkeeper could decline so suddenly, um, despite only not being that old, you know, um, but yeah, and then I thought about it midweek, you know, Casillas is a good example. He had a, you know, a similar very rapid decline, um, at Real Madrid. But anyway, um, just going back to the game, um, I just like you, you touched upon a bit that you know Tovan and Payet played quite well. Um, why do you think that the players suddenly seem to play quite? You know quite expressive football they were actually playing football at times you know there were there were some nice attacking moves and stuff. Do you think that that this this is related to the fact that the season's over? Do you think it might be related to the fact that Garcia's future it might you know his time at the, cl- the club might be coming to an end? Why do you think that the the players seem to be playing a lot freer than they have done for
3: quite some time? Well, two facts for me first. No pressure. The pressure is off now because we don't have anything to play left. And the second thing, it's going to be the summer. So maybe some players want to leave or go to another club so they got to show themselves. Uh, that's what I think. Uh, I, I can only see... I only can see this reason.
1: It could be. I mean, well, you know, let's let's be fair. I mean, the, the players finally rose to the occasion. We, we still had fifth place to play for, guys. I mean, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> It, it, yeah, I think Fiorenzo's right. I think we touched on it last week as well. The pressure's off. Um, I, I predicted the ball draw, but it, it, it actually felt like one of those end-of-season, pre-season friendlies where it was a game between mates and nobody was playing 100%, but the Marseille's superior sort of you know individual talent made the difference. And, and a couple of stand-out performances by Sakai and um, NG, and he <laughs> would have believed. But um, yeah, it's they 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 put in a performance when it doesn't matter it, it shows that for me i think we'll, we'll touch on this obviously after this topic but i i suspect that, that they've known for for a few days now that there will be a change in management and and players sort of you know felt a weight lifted from them it, it seems to be the case hmm.
0: um yeah just um thinking about some of the players actually um we saw hiroki sakai get his first i think first ever league goal um, for the club. Um it was quite nice. Yeah, quite he scored nice in the Europa League. Yeah. yeah, he did last season, yeah. Um, it was quite nice to see him get a goal, wasn't it? And it wasn't a bad strike either, it was quite a nicely taken finish, wouldn't you say? Brilliant, brilliant goal.
3: Yeah. Left foot.
2: Yeah. Yeah, give him some credit. Great great performance. I will say he was my man in the match from the yeah. from the highlights I saw. He I think the, the yeah, he puts his heart and soul into this club. I really do think. I mean we criticise the odd op- performance he produced, but he puts his heart on his so- on his sleeve and he works and works and works until we get a good result. For me at the moment, he'd be my player of the season, but we'll discuss that later on, obviously.
1: Yes, Ed. Yes
3: <laughs> Yeah and yeah, that's Sakai the next and Ocampos, topic, guys. I think Sakai and Okampos are my only uh, are the only players I think I'm really proud of this season because uh, they're not the best player, but yeah, they are true warriors, and that's what what we need in our team. So, yeah, Okampos and Sakai, I would keep him. I, I will keep them next season. Yeah, no, no, and
1: I thing is, is the topic. You know, players who who played well. Samson had one of his best yeah. ever games for us yesterday, and. It's a shame because he's a typical example of a player who will go elsewhere and will will progress with a better manager, and who will who will become a a pretty good midfielder. I I can predict it. He will. Well, I think the rumours of him going to Wolves. Um, I think he'll he'll adapt well to the Premier League because he's he's worked a lot physically on on his body. Um, He just needs to he just needs to improve his game awareness and his 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 pace of reading the game a bit more. But I, I think he's got potential and look I'll be sad to see him leave only because I know that we won't get in a replacement who who's as decent as he is but if we can cash in for him fair play let's let him go if we can get 30 or 40 million for him
0: you see Ben I kind of I agree with you that um I think Sanson will go away somewhere else and probably develop into a better player than what we've seen um at OM but I I I'm personally, I don't know if the Premier League is the right place for him. I think he's the kind of play, player that might do better in a more technical league, um, like Spain or something. I think I find him physically quite. Lacking, and I think in the Premier League you get out muscled a lot personally. But you know, we might change, and maybe you know. Yeah, he's a bit of a yeah, he's <laughs> a
1: bit of a Henderson type player, isn't he? I mean, he reminds me of Jordan Henderson, always injured, but when he's on form, he's good.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Henderson. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> me neither. Yeah.
1: That's why I used him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, he had a good game though, didn't he? And he. I mean, there was one the one move actually where he picked out a really really nice pass, and then which Sakai um, crossed the low cross into Ng, who you know who got his goal. It was such a really nice move, and uh, were, I was really impressed with like. The pass from Sanson that kind of, you know, led to the goal and just various other passes and moves he made throughout the game. He just seemed like the player that we haven't seen recently. He played really well the first few months of the season. Actually, I thought the first two, three months of the season he was probably our best player and then he just kind of disappeared. Um, so it's kind of good to see him sort of in form again.
1: Yeah, he's, um, he, he, in the first half, he, he got a, he got himself into the box quite often. He could have had a second goal if he, I think he fluffed his shot or it was blocked. Um, but yeah, he's that, that's a glimpse of his potential. I think that that will be his level with a better manager. As you say, it could be the Premier League, it could be somewhere else. But I think he's a player we'll look at in a few years with pride. Like Similarly to us, we will say, look, he played for us we nurtured them a bit it's a shame we didn't we didn't see the best of them but you know we're still proud that we we played the part
0: okay um just a couple of final things to to discuss about the game um Tovan you know we mentioned that he scored two goals second goal was quite a nice goal actually i thought i thought um, and i noticed that after the game he he was speaking to the he was being interviewed and he he disc- talked about his future and he suggested that he want he would like to stay um, do you think that? Um, do you think there's much in that, or do you think that he, you know, just, you know, I wondered if maybe following, you know, at the end of a match, and you just just got a couple of goals, you're like, you know, probably a bit emotional and not really thinking like rationally about these sort of subjects. He's obviously seen the offers he's got and he's thought, well,
2: I might as well stay here. I mean, no disrespect to the people of Sociedad but if he does, it's no patch on Marseille's history. Uh, I think he's he's speaking from the heart, but is it true? I mean, once upon a time, this guy did say he wanted to become the Marseille equivalent of Francesco Totti. So, is he lying? Is he being truthful? I don't know. It's like that flow picking where you go, he loves me, he loves me not. That's what Turban's like with this club. He goes, I want to stay, I want to go. I want to stay, I want to go. I want to stay, I want to go.
1: <sighs> Didn't some... Um, can you go, so just, just, I'll let you go on, Fionzo. Did he sign a new deal last summer? I don't think he did. I, I, I'm just putting it out there. I know he signed a new deal after rejoining us. I think it might have been the, the summer before. Um, But yeah, he did sign a new deal. So yeah, who knows?
3: Yeah, but uh, remember what he said one time, he said, if we don't play Champions League, if Marseille don't play Champions League, it's going to be hard for me to stay. And now he says, I want to stay. I think, he knows he's, he's not gonna get some bigger offer from another club better than Marseille. So maybe, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he thinks he, he' gonna stay. But yeah, if we have a, a good offer, him and Sanson, I think they will be the the, the first uh, players to leave.
1: I think you're exactly right, and I think it's it's a case of he, he's Ed. You're right as well. He's seen what he's got on the table. The, the the time when he made that comment about wanting to play the Champions League he, he certainly had the form at the time that he made that yeah, comment yeah.
3: and and it was like said, on fire on the first pass was. of the season when he yeah, said he
0: that I think he's talked himself into a bit of a corner with that one and and probably regrets saying it and I mean I I, I personally like, I've always kind of been convinced that he really wants to stay at the club and I think like um his partners from kind of I think she's from about the area and it seemed like they didn't settle when they went to England before. I kind of think that he probably would. Want to stay and be like, you know, as Ed, as you said, he mentioned before about being like Francesco Totti of Marseille. I think he would want to stay there as long as the club was meeting his ambitions and and you know, and given his form last season and the season before, I can't really blame him for saying like, I, "I need to play Champions League football." Um, but he's kind of put him, back himself into a corner now because we've been shit, and then he, he's like. We need the money, and he kind of said that he would go if he didn't get the Champions League football. So now he's kind of stuck. But we'll see. Um, We'll see what happens. And you you, you quite rightly pointed out, Fiorenzo, that him and Sanson, you know, the the press have been saying for weeks now, the two of them look like they're the ones that are going to be, that we're going to bank in on, that are going to bring us in some money. So we're going seeing... to have
1: to sacrifice someone, aren't we? And, and Remember, last time we sold Tovin was exactly the same, when Labrune had to balance the books because Bielsa didn't get... Well, we, we got yeah. robbed of Champions League and, and he was sold against his will. I think that we, we've all seen the stories from him saying that he left in tears and he never wanted to leave. And I think, I think, <laughs>
3: I think he and was... sadly,
1: it's going to happen again because we need the cash.
3: Yeah, but um, uh, one thing... You, you have to remember, in one year it's going to be the World Cup. Maybe he's, he's, he's thinking it's too risky to to leave Marseille now. Yeah, the, the
1: European Championship. Lose yeah. His, uh,
3: yeah, sorry, not work the European Championship, right? But I think he he, he would maybe he's thinking that it would be too risky to leave, and he maybe could lose his uh, his uh, place in uh, France. So mm, it could be. Yeah, he's yeah. right now
1: he's a big fish in a small pond, and if he goes to a big pond, he'll, he'll be a small fish and have mm-hmm. to work for it, and he, it may Absolutely. not come up for him. You, you think long. about
0: Matthew Valbuena, you know, he kind of he moved on, didn't he? And I don't I don't know how long he stayed in the France
1: frame after he left Marseille. It can't have been that long, was it? No, he he was out of it before then because of the whole Benzema sex type story anyway. Uh-huh. So I think he Deschamps stopped taking him just prior to twenty sixteen. But it, yeah, it's, it's the same. I mean he sort of his his career petted out and yeah, he went to the arch enemy. Well, he went somewhere else before going to the arch enemy, which is Lyon. But it's, yeah, Tava is a bit different. I think mean, Tava is a bit more of a talented player, and he just needs improving. And, and like, there may be a place for Atletico Madrid if, if Griezmann goes. So yeah, is, does he have the bottle for Atletico Madrid? Is the big question mark?
2: Maybe Bayern Munich yeah. will replace Ribery. Yeah, and who and who and who and who and who replaces Turban? I mean, yeah. who can fill that role? I don't Could think you... Sam Maximum. Oh, for God's sake! Well, yeah, I think, so, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. move
0: on from this because I I, 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 think that's a good subject we've got um, to, you know, to talk about in another podcast because I think soon we'll be able to talk a bit more about um, the good. Mercato. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just want to. I think we, I don't think there's really much more to say about the game, um, and that, so I think if you if you said all right, I think it'd be good to just have a kind of think about next week's game against Montpellier quickly just like um, what you're expecting next week what kind of performance do you think it's going to be a similar we're going to play with a similar kind of energy or do you think that it might seem a bit of a sort of well dead game nothing to play for what what are your thoughts I think we're
3: going to do our best but it's going to be hard because Montpellier is playing to for Europe we don't have anything to play left so I think it's going to be really hard for us and I don't think we're going to win. Well, that's my thing. Well, there, yeah, I'm going to be.
1: Watch- yeah, there's actually something to play for now in that game, isn't there? So it could be interesting.
0: What's there to play for? Fifth place.
1: Yeah, it's fifth. Fifth place. Yeah, we can we can leapfrog them into fifth, and that's a bit more money from from the league, isn't it? In terms of you get paid more the, the higher you finish in the league. Um, but it's, it's it is also a local derby, and, and let's well from memory the Every, last, every previous season, when our last game of the season has been at the Velodrome, we've, we've always played in, in sort of high-scoring games. There's always been... Um, I remember when we beat Strasbourg 3-2 a few years ago to qualify for the Champions League. Yep. And, yeah. um, look, we, we seem to always finish well at home. So, I, I, I think we'll win. I can, I can see us winning 2-0.
0: Okay. Um, so, um, Ed, were you going to say something there? I think- yeah, I'm going
2: to probably put a bit of a dampener on this one. Uh, I'll be watching the Formula 2 race in Monaco. I can't be bothered to watch this, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll, we'll probably get a 1 0 win, maybe a draw. I don't expect anyone will really give a shit. And I, I really am in that mood at the moment. The season's almost over. It's almost part of time when we can be normal human beings and we can actually relax. And I can also give my throat a rest. So, all good.
0: Um, I don't actually think Montpellier can't. Um, catch into ten. Um, Fiorenzo, they're like six points behind. Right, they can They can't. Yeah, so it's really just about fifth place. Um, okay. So, um, right, scores. So you said what, Ben? What did you think the score was going to be? I, I think two nil, Marseille. Okay, and you said Ed, you think it's going to be one 0 or one one, depending
3: how the tempo early on.
0: Okay, and what about you, Fiorenzo? What do you what's your predicted score? Uh, I would score? say
3: uh, yeah, one one or two two. Uh I know, I think. Okay.
0: I think I'm gonna just take a wild guess and say two one Marseille. Um yeah, I mean I think it might still be a, a good game worth watching because you know, there's a bit of a kinda southern derby vibe to it. Um you know, they're always interesting games. Actually they often give us a hard time on Pelier. Um but yeah, I think I think it's gonna be like, I hope that it'll be a good atmosphere. But then I think there's a possibility that it might be quite a hostile atmosphere for the Marseille players and coach because the, you know, the fans will have a opportunity
1: to express their discontent. Um, well, yes, and no, I, think they, I think they did that last week, didn't they? And with, with what we're about to discuss next, which is the possibility of the manager's departure being announced, I yeah. think that is being done purposefully to appease the fans ahead of this game so that we avoid repeats well, of the scenes from last week. Yeah, yeah.
0: we'll see. Um, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be an interesting game actually. Um I've got I was saying to you yesterday, Ben, I have this I'm hoping Dreaming that somehow Leo are going to get points deducted or something for the financial <laughs> situation. It. We beat Montpellier it. and like somehow we get in the Europa League.
1: <laughs> Forget it. Forget it. It's like it's like I, I follow Arsenal in England and it's like all the gooners saying, oh, City are going to be kicked out of Champions League. They're going to let us in it. Forget it. It's not happening. Yeah, no,
0: not, not now. It's not going to happen. It's the kind of thing maybe at the start of the season, isn't it? Oh, but yeah but you know you can dream of a scenario where it could all fall into place there's nothing wrong with that as a um, so yeah, um, I think we'll we'll move on then, right, because there's quite some interesting news stories we wanted to talk about, and you kind of sort of mentioned it just there, Ben. So after the game, um, we all got a bit excited, because Twitter seemed to go a bit mad because of uh, an article, um, what was the newspaper that was cut, do you remember? It was Le journal de Dimanche. yeah, it's,
1: it's basically the, the match of the day in France on Canal Plus, which... Um, which comes oh, after right. the after the after the game. So it's like so, a television show. Yeah, it's, it's where they show the highlights, and, and it's yeah, it's, it's closest thing to match of the day we have in France on on Canal Plus. And um, normally these sort of pseudo exclusives come out the next day and on the Monday, which is the J Plus which is the the actual. Um, the, the real match of the day of of the Sunday night, for example, where they do a bit more analysis in depth and and yeah, they have less games to cover and stuff but it it actually came out very quickly that the same night, so okay,
0: so just to for the listeners just to be clear so what what's came out is that uh, supposedly um we're expecting that tomorrow monday um it will be announced that Garcia is leaving um so tell me guys, what are your thoughts on this um did well, I ask? <laughs> I, think,
3: I think it's true. The the thing, uh, well, you know, only one paper told told about it. And when when there are fake news, you have a, a lot of papers just just uh, talking about the thing. But there is only one paper, and I think what happened, it's Ero came to uh, to the the reporters of uh, Journal du Dimanche, and he told them that it will happen just to have peace with the supporter at the last game so he could have uh, just a uh, sack uh, like Garcia after the next game but why he didn't because he wants the peace with the supporters
1: see I, I, I've not I've heard that, I, I reckon and I've heard from from various sources so I, I follow all the, 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 the people like Carrie um, Machar and, and other people on on, Mar- on Twitter who seem to be the in the nose equivalent of, of Marseille um, and he, I, I know, I don't know him personally, but I've, I know of him, and, and he's actually usually got quite good information. His his sort of analysis was that the players were informed of it by Ero, and the, it it didn't come from Ero himself. It it came from someone close to Ero, so as usual from the grapevine, and yeah. it got to the ears of the journalist. I think it may be one of the management staff, or, or maybe even a player. I don't think it was Ero himself because he's the guy's. Stupid, but he's not that stupid to make that announcement. Especially seen as today in Telefoot, they they asked him again directly, and he said, "No, no, no, that, that's that's nonsense. Nothing's been decided." So I don't think it was him. I think there's been a leak. I think it will happen, but I don't think it came from him.
3: Yeah, yeah, possibly. But do you think it's true?
1: I think I think it is. From what I've read, I think it is, and and all the signs are pointing to that. In terms of the attitude of the players yesterday, who who pulled their fingers out, their arse, and decided to actually. They looked like they had some fun for a change. So, I think it's true. I think that the timing—the timing—is <laughs> a bit strange. I, again, I say, it's, I say, I think it's true. I'm, I'm no, no more in the know than anybody who, who claims to be, but I, I think, it, I think all, the, all the signs are pointing towards it. And I think it's more based around—it's not based around necessary the communication to appease the fans. I think it may be more based around. The fact that we needed to move quickly to secure the target that that Errol or whoever decided had in mind. I think that's yeah. more what was happening.
0: I, I I think I'm not convinced though, because it just would make much it would it would seem much more normal to announce it after the last game of the season. And you say about the the potential target that they might try to be wrapping up um before someone else gets them. But surely they can make they can agree a deal and announce it all after. Why does Why does that mean that they have to announce Garcia's departure before the end of the season?
1: Well, uh, again, it's it, uh, appeasing the fans ahead of the final home yeah. game is is part of it, and that that is probably what the timing is down to. Um, but it's who knows? Look, we've 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 all been asking ourselves on this pod for the last eleven weeks what the hell's going on internally. Um yeah. Yeah, and this is another example.
0: you see because there's a, usually you get um, told that there's going to be a press conference in advance. We haven't had anything, have we?
3: Has anyone seen I, anything uh, um, Can be just to communicate nothing.
1: no I think i don't I don't think it'll be a press conference and i i, I don't I don't expect us to announce the replacement. I just expect it or to, to somehow communicate that Garcia is will be leaving at the end of the season and the search for his successor is underway. That's all I'm expecting. So you think they'll personally. just write a
0: statement on the website and that'll be that? Well,
1: I reckon so, yeah. Do you think Garcia, now, if,
0: yeah. he, if we do get that announcement tomorrow, so do you, are you saying that you're thinking is not going to be in charge in the final game of the season or he is going to be in charge in the final game of the
1: season? Yeah, he will be. I, I reckon he will be and that will be his goodbye. And Look, <sighs> again, this may be personal, but for all the shit that's happened this season... And for all the animosity, I, I would appreciate the fans to, at the very least, yes, you can whistle him, you can jeer him, but a, a tiny bit of applause. And, you know, thank you for the contribution you made to our club last season uh, and took us to a European Cup final. No, it probably mm-hmm. won't happen, but I'd like, I'd like, I would like the guys on the ground in the stadium to have a bit more class than, than we usually have. And to just say, look, you fucked up this season, you've been a, you've been a bit of a prick but we still you know we still remember what you what you did last season you know thanks for the memories piss off
0: would you guys agree with that right. then uh, that you would want it to you would you would be happy for it to be like a kind of thank you and goodbye rather than um uh, I I don't mean
1: I don't mean uh, I yeah. want a tribute I don't want a tribute with him No I I don't
0: no,
1: want I, would, want I, I just want like appreciation Pap- like, the like, clap and then fuck off
2: please I don't want I don't want a tribute like Pat got when he left um, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I think we'll say, yeah, you got us Europa League final. Yeah, you got us Europa League football. Thanks, mate. But yeah, you also got us fucking annihilated in the final. Yes, you were absolute shite at this season. Yes, you got us beat by Andres. Yes, we had to watch you get watch our team get humped 6-0 by PSG. Yes, we had to watch us get humped 6-1 on the road against Monaco. Yeah, cheers, mate. Go and do whatever you want to do and fuck another club up. But
0: hey, yeah. cheers for the Europa I, League! Fuck. I can see you writing his eulogy, bit. Um, yeah, I am yeah. not a
3: super
1: fan, guys.
3: Jesus, he did a uh, decent job you- the the two first seasons yeah. because he, he just uh, he was the first coach for no. Hero. But yeah, this season was awful, and I won't I won't uh, forget all the the. All the, the sorry I can find the word
1: the, the bullshit s- press conferences and, and yeah all that
3: about shit. uh yeah always uh crying about the referee uh, excuses we lost,
1: excuses excuses yeah,
3: yeah we lost I won't, I won't six be- one against Monaco we lost uh, uh, f- uh five or four zero against Lyon uh, I won't forget that because it, it never happens in Marseille history. if you look uh, we we lost some games like six Not or seven zero but yeah. yeah. Not, Not so home. often,
1: and, and with him, I we, we I, I
3: had ten al- games like this.
2: I also won't forget the uh, the team building bullshit, where he decided to take us out, take the players out for a bit of paintballing with the French army. That's a brilliant idea. You know, I feel sorry for. Inter- I do apologise for interrupting. Um, but you know, what the fuck is he doing? I mean, training. He just says, "We'll have three days off, and then okay, rest." And then that is just typically what happens on Sunday. We come into the game and we play like we're all old men. Uh, I also won't forget the transfer of Gomez, who scored you a bag of goals in your first season and you sold him for Metroglou, who did shite. All right? So seriously, Rudy, you've been half good, but you've been also absolutely fucking terrible. Do me a favour, mate. Fuck off.
1: Fuck off, out
2: (laughs) of Marseille
1: yeah I think I think Fiorenzo, your your analysis I think the conclusion from your analysis is the, the negative definitely outweighs the positive um but yeah it, it's no it is what it is on onwards and upwards if it is announced onwards and upwards that's that's the way I look at it
0: It's a shame that because it's like out of well more or less three seasons in it it's two and a half seasons, but like two of them went pretty well, and one of them went awful, you know, but we'll remember the one that went awful awfully bad um yeah
3: well I mean, if, you, if you if you take sorry if you take out the the europa league last season last season was not so good because uh we had a good team and we didn't finish in the three first of the championship but europa league was like a miracle and you see the final you can see the limits of the Rudi garcia team we lost against atletico and not 1 0 and 2 1 but we lost 3 0 and there was no doubt about the winner so i think he made uh, a good job in Europa League, but that was a miracle. Except for that, if you look at the Ligue 1, he made uh, a bad or terrible uh, work. Mm. And, and
1: again, Fiorento, yeah. But back to your point, even even last season and season before, which were half decent in the big games, we were, we were just the,
3: right. the
1: approach. The approach was all wrong. The press conferences be- before those games was, oh yeah, we're going to Paris to get a result, and then you go there and, and concede six. Monaco was the same, and it's, it's just the, his, whole, his whole approach in those, in those first two seasons to the big games was catastrophic already. Yeah.
2: It also didn't help, the f- in his third season, it didn't help the fact he also gave so little thought to the smaller teams. He thought going to Montpellier, probably, okay, they've got a 40-year-old plus defender. We could probably get two past the and then we end up losing 3-0. He probably thought we could yeah. get something past R- Stad de Reims, who'd just been recently promoted. We lost 2-1. How much does this guy ever look at his team sheets and think, God, I really am a fucking idiot who can't manage a team? I mean, I'm sorry, he look he is so arrogant towards the small teams. He's like, I'm Marseille manager, you lot of shit to me, F off. And then when the result comes, he's like, ah, referee's fault. Yet again he made another mis- mistake. So yeah. what I'm, what I'm
0: hearing is that you he's got a bad attitude towards the big games and the small games. Yeah, yeah. Really it's good, sh- shit
2: attitude towards everything. It's just shit attitude towards big games. Terrible attitude to small games. Constantly has a wheel of n- excuses to blame the referee. Awful transfer policies. Transfer policies. Bad tactics. The end of the road. The only thing I will have positive memories was that away get that home leg against Red Bull Leipzig, and the two away. Like two legs against Salzburg in the Europa League. That's all I have good memories of.
3: Hmm. Me too. Um, And uh, sorry, uh, one last thing. Did you ever hear Rudy Garcia uh, blaming himself from the loss? He just blaming his players, the referee, the, the pitch... Never him, and you can see the difference with someone like Bielsa, who's blaming himself every time. But yeah, this guy has no class; he's just arrogant.
0: Yeah, he was like this before, though. Actually, I I knew this about him before he came here. Actually, because at Roma he was he was he was a bit of a um, his communications with the press at Roma weren't great, and he was always whinging about stuff and blaming referees, and you know, yeah, and people were I sick think. of him. So. Yeah, but it didn't surprise me, and then I did think that when he came in, I was like, "Oh God,
1: he's just he's annoying." He's annoying. Yeah, and, and good look, conclusion is good riddance, but God, God, let's let's all pray that we actually get someone competent in, and, well, and who knows, who knows who that will be.
0: Well, that's what we're going to talk about now. Actually, well, just very briefly, because I know this, like we we could talk about this for a whole pod, but just about the. The names that have popped up in the last week and last night. So um, in the last week, there's been uh, Claude Puel's kind of name has been thrown out around the the press in various places. Um, last night, we also heard about um, Sabri Lamushi as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Are you are these the kind of names that you want to see? linked to the job or are they the kind of names that fill you with dread fill me with
2: dread I don't want Claude Puel the man couldn't succeed with Leicester why the hell do we want
1: him Let's I, get I it. don't think it will be Puel I think he's going to Saturday to 10 from, from the latest rumours are he's going to replace Gasset there So famous last words Ben famous last words you'll end up coming to <laughs> us <laughs> I don't and think I, so
2: mate I hope not otherwise I'm hanging myself off the top of my shed just like uh, with, with a banner saying, stuff this in French.
3: Uh, I, I don't want Claude Puel. I don't want Sabri Lamouchi. I don't want Laurent Blanc. I don't want any French coach. The only French coach I would say maybe, yes, is Julien Stefan from Rennes. The other guys, Agreed. I don't want them. And I want, well, I would like a, a, a stranger coach. Because in France, you can see all the French coach. It's always like this. They come. It gets better for a time, that it gets worse, and it, it, it happened with uh, Rudy Garcia, it will happen with Puel or Sabri Lamouchi. It
0: happened with Deschamps as well, actually, didn't it? He did pretty well. Yeah, but and Deschamps then... was a winner.
1: Uh, De- Deschamps was different though because he he had forces internally of the club working against him, and, and the players turned against him. I know, and, yeah. but
0: he he. I'm just saying that last season they were shit when they? they came like the 13th or something in the league. But um, but yeah, would you would. Which just brings me to my point is that you said that you wouldn't want another French coach. But what if it was Deschamps? Would you take him back? Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes, I mean, Deschamps it's not going to happen. He's, I, I, no, I don't no, no, no. But, but right.
3: maybe we, we are not going to play good. It's going to be maybe an ugly play, but we will win. We will Uh, get We won everything, almost everything. Yeah, there was no PSG at this time, but we won almost everything with Deschamps. But Deschamps will never come back. That's a fact.
0: No, I mean, I think he found the role really stressful, didn't he? He said that before that he wasn't happy there, and um, it was just, I think, quite all-consuming managing the club like Marseille. So it's it's sad, isn't it? Because um, sort of well, player who's sort of. It's legendary player, I guess. Who won trophies, made the European Cup with us, and as a manager, has won as the league after so many years. So it's, just, it's it's sad that he, you know, that we aren't able to attract him to to want to work here anymore. But anyway, um, so those two names actually that we mentioned, Puel and Lamushi, um, kind of interesting because the I've read on online in, in various places that the suggestion is that. Ejo might look to bring in a manager who is willing to develop the younger players, right? Um, so that with those kind of names that have been thrown up, I find that quite interesting because I think that um, Puel might fit that bill to some degree, that he might, he's more likely to play young players. I don't really know about Lumushi, to be honest. I don't know if he had any sort of record of doing that. And certainly, like the other name that we talked about, you mentioned in previous podcasts was Laurent Blanc he, he's not that at all so it does make you wonder who who, who would it be then if that's the strategy yeah,
1: Blanc did alright Bordeaux and um, again you, you, you said you've got a good feeling it will be Blanc Look, no, he would be the least worst of a bad bunch um at least he's a manager who has won things and and who has, I think he still has the hunger after being away from the game. I think if he does come back into the game, he will come into the game with a hunger to do well and not embarrass himself moving forwards. Because who knows what what that may lead on to for him personally, if he does well and and ends up coaching United or a club like that in three or four years. But again, it's, uh, yeah, I think we, we touched on this the last few weeks in terms of a, uh, the, the, the new sort of direction that it all seems to want to take, which is nurture the youngsters, and and the fact we've signed so many of the youngsters apparently on on professional contracts, and the plan is to integrate them into professional squads. P- Puel, I, I don't think it will happen again, but he is that sort of manager who will who will ease ease youngsters into the team and give them game time, um, but. <laughs> it's just so hard to predict right now because it, it there is no clear favorite for the role and and they they're always very capable of of shitting as someone like lamushi as he is as, as getting as someone actually decent from from a source that nobody's ever fucking heard of so it it's just too hard to predict so it's 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 too close a call to make right now hmm.
0: i think the lamushi one's strange and i think if that does become true it's definitely the end of that project there's no doubt about and, it, and isn't just, it but...
1: yeah and just the last point is that apparently the, the one thing that, that I think we all, we all can accept is probably true is that whoever does come in will not have a lot of money to spend on the transfer market
0: okay have you guys got any final thoughts on that before we move on
3: well I would like if you, if we, if you want a coach who's uh, bringing your as a team then well we can take Sampaoli I think it would be a good choice São Paulo is free, I I guess. Uh, But, yeah, I don't want a French coach. It's going to be an average coach. I I think it's going to be an average coach, like someone like Lamouchi or Puel. Uh, I I don't see Ero come, well, uh, take a a stranger coach. I don't think it will happen. But one thing I only hope, it's the new coach will uh, uh, trust Zubizarreta on the Mercato. The only thing. Because Garcia didn't listen to Zubizarreta, he wanted Strutman, he wanted uh, all these players, and Zubizarreta uh, wanted um, Samaseku from uh, Sassuolo. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I hope the new coach will uh, will trust Zubizarreta. Uh,
0: um, okay, Ed, um, uh, you got anything final to say before we move on? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I think I still maintain my pick of. Sam village,
2: but he's not been mentioned no one's heard it uh Sampoli's really unrealistic why would Jorge Sampoli
3: want to come to us because he's but free and he's, he's to...
1: ruined his reputation with Argentina that's
3: why yeah and Sampoli yeah, so said got... uh, two years ago that he wants to come in Marseille after Bielsa
0: I read somewhere today that he's he's going to Brazil apparently so I think that one might already be oh, oh, gra- oh great uh
2: yeah, I just, if Lamucci comes, well, what's the point? We might as well just give up before the season started. It uh, will spend no money, we will sell all our best players, and we're we'll back to where we were 2015 16 under Michel. It's just. We'll, we'll be in a mess if we get Lamucci, and I think we won't be much better under the club. Well, we may get your League one or two years, but we'll probably go out early. That's That's all.
0: Yeah, I'd probably agree with that 100%. Okay, right, so a few topics as well to discuss um, news-wise. So um, we won't spend a lot of time on these though, I think just we'll kind of run through them as quick as we can. So one of them is that um, McCourt had, um, so it had been reported that Frank McCourt had um, sort of given a vote of confidence in ERO. So it looks likely that. Airo is going to stay next season are you all surprised by that or not convinced that that's the case what are your thoughts uh,
2: I think it's a pretty bias, it's probably like a kangaroo court for the vote of confidence uh, obviously the court's got a bit of drugs left in his drawer uh, and he obviously <laughs> thinks that Ero um, <laughs> is the greatest man on earth he thinks he's you, a footballing genius
1: you love managing narcotics uh, don't you Ed? Well,
2: I wouldn't surprise me if he's got a little bit of cocaine in his drawer. Um, but <laughs> if I vote confidence, really, you've given it probably a two minute job said, I've got no one else who can fill your role. I'm going to be stuffed if we don't have you. Look, just stick around. And if you don't do well, we'll fire after six months after we get a replacement. It was a pretty weak, weak show of leadership. Again, for Frank McCourt, this man who was supposed to be a genius is a weak, weak man when it comes to leadership. It's disappointing,
0: isn't it? I thought he, you know, there was all this stuff about him going to ring the changes in and stuff. I'm really kind of disappointed then if he's not going to make any radical changes in terms of the presidency.
1: It's, it's a hard one to say. I mean, the, the one thing for McCall, and, and people that, that have been following this club in France for a few years have, have got this opinion, is that the criticism of Dreyfus and the previous ownership. Team, whether it was him or his wife or whatever, were, were too implanted into Marseille, were too influenceable by the local gangsters and local people who had their own vested self-interest in, in having a part to play for the club and, and make money from it. So he's the complete opposite, which, which personally, compared to that experience I've just mentioned, I find refreshing and good because he's capable of actually making those corporate decisions of, hey, if it's going to cost me 10 million to get rid of the manager, fuck it, now's the time to do it do it early and we'll get someone in to prepare for next season and hopefully improve, which is which is the one positive that will come out of all of this. As much as it was fucked up and as much as his image and his communication is sometimes dodgy, look, give, give the guy a chance. I don't think that there is there is any rush to sack him, especially if it transpires that he, he, played, he made the decision to say to McCourt, let's get rid of Garcia. If that is the case, and this is a person that we, we all have to remember is new to football and is learning, learning the game and learning how to run a football club like Marseille, if, it, if this is him doing, Fiorenzo, you will appreciate this, as we say in French, his mea culpa and admitting yeah. his, his past faults, then fine. Give, give him a bit more time, but if it fucks up, then get rid of him.
3: Well, uh, I don't think he's going to make his mea culpa because he's, well, Héro looks arrogant. Not in a bad bad thing, but you know he's arrogant. I think he is. Uh, I don't think he Ero will be sacked uh, anyway. We have to find a new coach. We have to find new players. We have to to find so more th- so many things that uh, it would be a, a mess if Ero leaves. So I think Ero will stay. And this is only really big vote is uh, is when he extend the contract of uh, Rudy Garcia. But if you look out of the sport, just uh, well, in the uh, in, uh, image of uh, Olympique de Marseille, he made, I think, a good job because uh, Marseille uh, earned uh, more money than before. Uh, Marseille is uh, uh, no better than before in the world. So, yeah, I think his only really big fault is uh, when he expended the uh, Garcia contract and maybe some fault in communication when he talked about uh, supporters and things. But, yeah, I, th- I I will give him a chance
0: okay, um, right, so, um, let's just move on from that one um a couple of other things quickly just to mention um so yeah, one of them was about the o m nation rebrand, so it's which again is kind of, i guess we didn't sort of and well we're talking about Elo. so apparently the're rebranding the program and they've they have um fa- they've consulted fans to vote on what the programme should now be called, and I think the two options were o m prime and what was the other one Oh, um does anyone remember Oh, Max Oh, and oh and Max, Max. Oh, Pepsi. Yeah. Pepsi Max Which doesn't Please look like surprise. it's gone down very well <laughs> online it looks like fans are quite annoyed about it. it's quite um like americanized sort of in yeah corporate i guess and um it it doesn't sound it doesn't sound professional it sounds tacky
2: it sounds like a poundland version of how a fan base should be I mean does should, anyone know why Do we have any on other... this what does what does om prime mean what does om max mean could someone give me an idea does, does this club have no creativity departments or something we we have a department for idiocy and micro we have we have a department for, micro, mediocre, we lo, we a department for losing
1: but we don't have a department <laughs> for creativity but it's, oh. it's, what is worse than that uh, ed is is <sighs> Jesus Christ, you've got so many resources you can call on, such as ex-players and stuff like that. And you can say, guys, if you had to think of a couple of words that would mean something to the fans in terms of belonging to the club and having a say in in the activities and affairs of the club and the team, what would it be? And and the fact that not only this rebrand of of the OM Nation programme, but also all this messaging in the stadium that we've discussed previously, that is quite frankly fucking embarrassing. It looks like it's come straight out of a classroom of, of 10 years old, 10 year olds. It's just th- th- there is a big disconnect between us, the fans on the ground, and, and the people who are, who seemingly are making the decisions from Paris, not even from Marseille. And it's just it's just nonsensical to, to after all, all the inequities on, on the sporting side, and and dis- despite what you've said, Fiorenzo, that yes, they have actually been doing a decent job, um, sponsor-wise, and also in in terms of the academy. To to then go and shoot yourself in the foot again with with some bullshit like this. Okay.
0: Okay. Um. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of really. I don't really get why they're changing it anyway. I don't see what what why. What's the only. The programme only started, what, last year? What's the need to rebrand? It seemed to be fine to me. People understood what OM Nation was really about, you know. I got the, I understood why it was called OM Nation. It seemed to make sense to me. I don't really understand it. I don't know. But anyway, um, I don't I think there's too much we want to say about that. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of move on and just mention a couple other final stories. So one of them was that I think it's been... It's been I don't know if it's been announced or if it's just rumours that are floating around, sorry, that about the US, US Summer Tour and that we'll be playing, I think, some tournament with DC United in the summer. Um, do you think that this could be a good move for Marseille to kind of start, in terms of um, building its fan base across the Atlantic, um, are you, are you, you see this as a good thing or do you think it's just, um, I don't know, like... A uh, it's a it, and money uh, exercise. it's a it's a it's
2: a it's a good idea on paper but it's not gonna be a good way to attract fans when Wayne Rooney's tearing us apart 3-0 uh in the DC United Stadium it's a great plan but I think it's gonna go horrendously wrong the players will be up to no good the management will be doing nothing McCourt will be bringing all his mates to the game so yeah, there's some seats there if you can't fill the boxes. Look, don't worry, normal fans ain't going to turn up. Just take whatever you want. Here's some scarves, here's some merchandise. You know, Jack Henry, get some stuff. Just make sure there's passionate people here because no one's bothered to turn up. It's crap. I mean, that's going to be the way it's going to be. This, this tour's going to be a farce, and I can already see it already. It will be a joke.
3: Well,. I think it's a it's a good it's a good idea. Uh, well, I'm surprised they didn't do it uh, sooner because uh, Frank McCourt is American. But anyway, I think it's a good idea. But the problem is, why we go there to play against Saint-Étienne and Montpellier? Why will will we play against them? We can play against American team or maybe Brazilian team. I don't know. And we go there to play against French team. It 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 doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, that is strange, isn't it? I, I and I get that, like when these um Cubs go to um, other parts of the world, the fans want to come and see these big, well, European Cubs boom. But, I mean, I don't know if in America anyone's going to be interested in seeing Montpellier. No disrespect to those Cubs, I just don't know if they're um, globally well-known enough, you know. Um, but I, I guess maybe this is the part of why they're going there, is to try and improve their branding. Um but we'll see.
1: It, it could be. I mean look, we we, we all know on, on, on this podcast in our group we have Arnaud and, and Ryan who, who are US based and it's certainly easier for them to get to a game in D C even though it's the other side of the country than it is to get to France. So if if they're doing that in the spirit of maybe there are other other people that we don't know about because we only know the guys in San Francisco. Maybe there's, we know there's a, a big OM, OM bar and, and crew in New York. You know, it's not too far from Washington. So may, maybe that's part of the decision making. There was also, you know, let, let's not jump to conclusion too hastily because nothing's been confirmed. Before the the Washington game, there was talk of a game in Japan against the Goya Grampus as well. So actually, Sakai has has got a lot of traction in Japan because he's one of the few Japanese players now who plays in a club that has this much media exposure. And for me, it would make a lot more sense to go to the Far East and try and tap into, a, a, I wouldn't say an untapped market, but tap into a not so football mature market and start building up there than to go to the US because the likelihood is whatever tournament we are in is going to be staged at the same time as, as the ICC, which is the international championship, which has all the big teams in it, such as Madrid, Barcelona, Inter Milan, um, Liverpool. All those teams are going to be doing the same. So the, the traction we will get will be far less than those guys will get compared to, to if we go to Asia, where not, not that many teams venture to.
3: Yeah, yeah, but look, we, we could have play against uh, Tigres, against Gignac would be a good thing
0: yeah that would have been fun wouldn't it um i just want to um yeah i think we'll just finish off with that i mean um, one thing that I would be looking forward to actually would be Balotelli's return to the US. Um, I remember the last time he went to the US with Man City and when he enraged um, his manager Mancini when he tried to score that goal with the back heel. Be, be,
3: be, 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 <laughs> be,
0: be keen to see what he does this time if he's still playing for Marseille. Um, okay, so I think, um We'll just finish up with the news there, um, and because I wanted to talk about the 2004 UEFA Cup final because it is the 15th anniversary today of that of that match. Um, so just to recap um, for those of us who, those of the listeners that maybe don't remember or weren't um, weren't old enough to to have seen the game or remember the game, um, the. Marseille got to the final. We were defeated 2-0 by Valencia. Um, I think goals were from Vicente and Mista. Um, it was quite a disappointing final, wasn't it? But it's kind of a final that's quite... It had a quite a similar sort of pattern of events as the final against Atletico Madrid last year as the one against Parma. Um, Twenty years ago, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it was we it did kind of feel like we got had a good run, we got there, and then we were sort of out of our depth a little bit. Wouldn't you
3: agree? Yeah, well, I remember well that was uh, really like last year. That was a miracle. We we went to final this year because um, we had good players like Dragba and stuff, but we were pretty average in, uh, in Ligue 1. But yeah, we, we reached a final. I remember this final when uh, I think Barthez uh, take a red card. Uh, yep. And we lost 2-0. Drogba was, uh, was on the bench because uh, he was wounded. No, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. no Drogba started, but he, he had been injured for the two weeks before. And he, he just wasn't himself. He was oh, on okay, the bench. Okay, yeah. so he did yeah,
3: start. Right. Yeah, well, we, the, it was a disappointing final. Final, But yeah, the the, the run was really great. We won against... Uh, uh, Inter Milan, I guess, and uh, Newcastle, the Liverpool, game again, Newcastle, Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah,
1: yeah, we beat some big teams. And and well, and Newcastle, thinking back, yeah, it was what a game that was at the Velodrome, but before that, we, we only got into the UEFA Cup because we we finished third in, in the Champions League. And, and I, I, I also the remember death group, yeah, but I remember Porto we, we, and actually, we actually did well in that group. I, I have fond memories, I watched the highlights earlier.
3: Yeah, we we against... almost
0: won against Madrid. When we beat Partizan three nothing, we looked fantastic, and I was like thinking we were going to qualify. But Porto then went on to win the tournament, so you know we were up. We clearly had a difficult group.
1: We went one the left away away at the Bernabéu, guys. Jesus, that's that's gonna I will never forget that. That Drogba scores. We are yeah. scoring at the Bernabéu, and and, the and silence. I was just like, couldn't fucking believe it. I was in e- ecstasy when that happened. It was it lasted five minutes, but it was it was probably the best five minutes ever supporting Marseille. <laughs> yeah,
0: I yeah. really enjoyed that this year actually. It was a year uh, um, I remember um a lot of those games actually really well and especially because the European games, they were on terrestrial T V here because we played Newcastle, we played Liverpool. We got to see the Champions League games. I mean, by that point, anyway, you could watch everything online, but it was good seeing these matches actually on ITV and stuff. Um, uh, it was really good. And that year, like, we had quite an exciting team. Like at the start of the season, we we signed some good players. I, I was really kind of like hopeful of the season. It didn't pan out in the end very well. And as you said, Fiorenzo, we weren't a great team. Like we certainly had some really good players but we also had some pretty average players in the team who definitely weren't the completed puzzle, you know. Um, And I think come the final against Valencia, you could see that we clearly weren't at that level, you know, with or without Drogbaugh and form. But um, one of the things that was so good about that run really was Drogbaugh, wasn't it? It was just how well he was playing. He made you so excited as a fan, just watching him. And in all the games... In um, that UEFA Cup run, you just felt like he he could win the game on his own. You know, he just he was yeah. unplayable. What a player um, he was! Yeah, I think for me, like the his his that season dropper that season is possibly I I for me that's and I'm biased, but I think that's one of the best I've ever seen a striker just the form that he was in. I think he was unplayable. I think, um, and I know like he maybe wasn't so well known across the channel until he was at Chelsea but I think that year he was just on another level he was just incredible
1: he, he
3: burst I think he was the, the scene.
1: best drug in his career mm, eh, sort of I think he, he had a similar season when he won the Champions League almost single handedly for Chelsea as well in, in 2011 so yeah that, that's that's when he burst onto the scene I mean that, that season was a strange season because we started with Alain Perron's as manager then we changed to goal halfway through and then and then we we changed the whole system as well, where we went to Bae-Mendani, Bae Dani, Bay, and and I can't remember who else in central defence. We played five against across the back. We had Kamel Meriem who was in the form of his life. He's never had a season like that since or before. He was he was simply outstanding as a playmaker that year.
0: It was weird though, because we started the season with Van Boyten and he had a bad season and he ended up getting shipped out, I think, in the January wendo.
1: We loaned him yeah, to Manchester we didn't. City. It was weird sake. because
0: the year before he was our best player, he was our top goal scorer, I think, as well, even though he was a central defender.
1: Yeah, I think they needed to get him off the wage bill. I can't remember why, but there was some sort of dodgy reason. But that, that whole run in the knockout stage of the Europa League was brilliant. I was lucky enough to go to... And bear in mind, I was like 14, and these these were my... I think it was my second and third time at the velodrome. I went to see the, the shit game and froze my balls off against the uh, Dinopris Perpetrovsk or whatever that Ukrainian team was, where sco- Drogba scored that penalty and slipped at the Velodrome, and then I was lucky enough to go back for the Liverpool game at home, where my uncle took me as a Liverpool fan, and he was like, "Nah, we're gonna we're gonna wipe the floor with you." But Drogba does worry me, and and then he was after the game, he was like, "I tell you what, that that Drogba guy is is going to be one of the best strikers in in the world soon, because you you just came out of that and and you just thought." this guy is unplayable. I mean, remember away at the landfield, we didn't play a bad game, but we didn't play a good game. And then out, out of nothing, Drogba gets the equaliser, gets the away goal and you just think, Jesus Christ, this guy is the real deal. He's going to carry us, we're going to do well in this tournament. And then, you know, Inter, We I think we scored from kickoff off in the second half, Kickoff, a long ball to Drogba, he controls it and, and smashes it in. The away leg, he was suspended, Miriam goes on, goes on a, a you know, fifty meter runs goes past four or five players and then sort of gets it in off the post. And then it, we, I just knew then. I remember thinking at the time, thinking, "Jesus Christ, we're we're going to go all the way here." I think
0: though, like even I mean, the Newcastle goal we scored probably stands out the most for me. But I think before that, even in the season, the game against Partizan, the second game of the Champions League, where I think we won three nothing. He was absolutely sensational. And he scored one with his left foot, one with his right foot. I think um, possibly little, one with his head. head. Yeah. And it was just like, this guy is just incredible. Like,
1: what was that? 15 years ago, he's still our last player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League. Or did Gignac no, got yeah. no, Gzignac, Gzignac got one against Zirina as well. I remember we won 7-0 away to some obscure team. I remember that as well.
0: Yeah, um, I actually remember that that game. Sorry, I um, the quite well, um, and I actually I was in France when in that when watching that final. I was in um, just outside Nîmes, and and I was in Alès, and it seemed like everyone was supporting Marseille, and like although the, the, the Ferrier was on, everyone was kind of you know, out with our OM kits and stuff, and it was a really good atmosphere, you know, it was really exciting, everyone was talking about the match, everyone was really excited, I mean, and that's not even in, you know, in Marseille, it's quite quite a bit away, but there was a real buzz, and I, I remember watching the actual game in the evening, and just like, it was such a come down, just like, and as soon as Barthez got sent off, it was like, oh, game's over, you know, that's it.
2: Yeah, I I watched the, the, the highlights before we came on, and it, I think as soon as Barthez went off, we looked hopeless. We just looked like—I mean, that kit, that kit they they wore in the match was ghastly as well. But um, the me- the memory I will have of that competition, from what I've done my research on, is Drogba's first goal against Newcastle and that commentary by Thierry Henry. Oh, Sorry, yeah. not Thierry Henry, Thierry Roland. And she loved it. Yeah, Jean-Michel Jean-Michel when he's screaming drop-a, 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 that, is incredible. that was incredible yeah. that was brilliant uh, it was superb and what a great go- goal with great commentary
3: That's you know a- what when he got the ball on this action I was like he was going to make it uh, and the commentator uh, Jean-Michel Larquet was saying something like uh, he's going to score he's going to score but he had the ball at the midfield and he said he's going to score. He knew he got to score because it was so, so f- strong.
1: And when he, when he does his little back heel flick, I think Lucky even says, oh, that doesn't look very academic. And then he just scores the goalkeeper and slots it in. Now, it was it a was meh an season. And I think that was, that was still one of my favourite, well, in my lifetime I, that I remember watching it, still my favourite European cup run by the Marseille because we, we just scared everybody and Drogba scared everybody. And we went away and got a rizzle at Anfield. We, we, I don't think we lost the way a single time in the knockout stage, and that that was quite exceptional.
2: Yeah, the thi- the thing is as well, they were all quality teams that we beat. Liverpool was a very good team. The following year, it went on to win the Champions League. Inter was, has always been has always had a class side, and Newcastle had Alan Shearer, the all time Premier League goalscorer. Yeah. So
1: in, it, we, it we was, are in. the was ex- team in Europe.
2: <laughs> yeah, Inter, 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 they're scared of us, um, but. Uh, that was a great run, and I feel that... Will, will we ever see that again? I'm not sure. I mean, last last year's run was amazing, but how many of those teams could you say, were they going to win the competition? There was only really Salzburg and Leipzig that had a yeah. chance. Bilbao were, were in real trouble in the league. Braga weren't very good. Konya were diabolical. So, will we ever see a run like that again? I doubt it. I hope one day that we can say... We did it by getting through the Champions League and going on a run to around sixteen quarters, but at the moment with this current situation we're in, I doubt I doubt we'll ever see those nights again at the Velodrome.
3: Yeah, and Liverpool was really, really good at the time. If you remember well, Liverpool uh, won the Champions League the next year against with, Milano. so with with,
1: uh, with Benitez, who was Valencia's manager in the final against us.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're true. Uh, yeah, that's why I won the Benitez in Marseille. That's that's another topic. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think to be true, I think uh, the '99 team we who reached the final against Parma. I think uh, the '99 team was better than the two thousand. Yeah, but the run the run yeah, was I shit though, even, because
1: uh, we 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 played shit teams like Kaiser Sloten and, and and other random teams. We that that run in 2004 when was when. I, I remember certainly with my half English, half French heritage, where people in England were talking about my team Marseille, and I was like, I was just ecstatic about it. We were on we were on Sky News, for fact's sake, so, and people were saying, "Jesus, look at this player, Drugba. He He's quite phenomenal." And Marseille, who's this team? Look at look at the atmosphere away in the south of France. Look at look at the fans. Look at how how busy, how, you know, how how fiery they are, how passionate they are, and. For me, that that is the first time I remember, especially when I moved to England a few years later, that people were still telling me about that and saying, Jesus, you beat Liverpool, didn't you? You beat Newcastle. Trogba was phenomenal. Your team is on the map in in, in terms of the Premier League.
3: And and you know this thing, you know that uh, uh, when we went uh, in the group stage against uh, Madrid and uh, Porto, I guess, we lost against Porto. And Mourinho was the coach of Porto at the time. And he said, uh, after the game against Drogba, he said to Drogba, if you go far in UEFA Cup and if you score a lot of goals, I will take you to Chelsea. Because he knew at this time he, w- he would sign to Chelsea. And, well, Drogba did it. And he went to Chelsea. That's amazing.
1: That's
2: a very interesting point. That's a very interesting point because uh, well, a, few, about a few years ago, I read uh, Drogba's book and... He talks that after the the final whistle, him and Mourinho were in the dugout. and They were talking in French about going. And he also talks about how when he scored at Madrid, he got uh, monkey chants by the Real Madrid fans, which is disgusting. Yeah. But but the sad the sad element of, of it is all is that he didn't want to leave Marseille. In the end, he didn't want to go because he yeah. said how much how much his kids wanted to stay and how much he wanted to stay.
1: Yeah, and it also it also took him time to settle in at Chelsea. I remember the following summer there was a rumor he was going to come back.
0: Oh, well, that rumor went on for about five years, didn't it? Yeah, every
3: year they were talking. It about It went
1: that. on until two years ago. It went on until two... It was still going on after he retired for facts. I mean, yeah. Jesus.
3: By the way, did you know this, his agent of drug bar, um, who signed with uh, Chelsea the contract? Uh, well, the 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 night before he leaves to Chelsea. Drogba just uh, wake woke up in the in the night and called his agent and said please uh, cancel everything I want to stay to Marseille and his agent told him just to go to sleep and well he, he just woke up in the night to stay in Marseille that was incredible but the thing is yeah he never came back after that so
0: how much we would all be pleased to have a player like that at the club now, you know. Um, But nonetheless, some really good memories there that season, I think. Um, um, Yeah, I think um, just for time, we'll probably just finish up, guys, for tonight, yeah. Um, Yeah, At
1: least it's been positive towards the end. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe
0: we're going to sack
1: Garcia
3: tomorrow.
0: Well, we might have. Uh, hopefully, we'll have fun next weekend when, if we've got some good news
1: and maybe we well, even have a new coach. That depends on the replacement, mate. That depends on who replaces him. Jesus.
0: Well, we'll see. I think plenty to talk about next week as well. Um, guys, just thanks very much for um, for taking part this week.
1: Thanks, everyone. Thanks.
0: Cheers, and thank you well, all man. for listening. No, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on you go.
3: Would like to sing to Rudy Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> next week.
1: It. Next week, write a song for next
3: week. Yeah, Thanks if all. if Rudy Garcia is sacked this week, next week I sing a song about him. Do it. Right. Do it. Better get writing.
0: Right. Thank you all for listening. Right. Good night, guys.